So welcome to another edition of the Youthscape podcast, a slightly strange one this week. I'm Martin Saunders, but there's no one with me. Uh, It's just me. And the reason for that is that we are busily planning at the moment for Now What, which is our two-day conference, uh, which takes place at the end of next week. It's all free. It's all online, uh, 16th and the 17th of July. You can find out all the details at www.youthscape.co.uk slash now what? Uh, so as I say, it's just me in the studio today. Rachel uh, isn't here. I realize, I mean, I'm going to have a conversation with myself here, but I say I'm in the studio. What on earth am I saying? I'm actually in my, in my bedroom uh, where I've been spending a lot of time over the last few months. It is weird how... Uh, these have become the places that we do ministry from, our, our bathrooms and our bedrooms and our garages and basements. Um, suddenly, uh, 2020 <laughs> becomes this incredible year of working from home, even in a, um, a vocation uh, or a profession, which we imagined it was almost impossible to work from home in. Um, and, uh, and isn't it weird to be uh, finding ourselves in those places. I don't know where you find yourself uh, right now as you listen to me rambling on for just a few moments uh, before we get to our interview. Uh, perhaps you're out for a run. Perhaps you are uh, you know, sitting at home. Perhaps you're on furlough. Uh, we haven't heard from many people on furlough. I know um, a number of uh, youth workers have been placed on furlough. We'd love to hear from you if that's your story. Um, do get in t- touch and, and let us know how that's been. I feel like we want to do some follow-up episodes of the podcast where we look specifically at that. Before we get to our interview, just a a few things to mention to you. Uh, I I just mentioned it, but let me just remind you again. Do come along for uh, as much as you can or the whole 24 hours, uh, as it were, of Now What, our online youth work conference, which is taking place next week, uh, the 16th and 17th of July. Uh, it, there's loads of amazing content lined up now. I mean, the, the stuff that we've managed to pull together in such a short space of time really is, uh, it's, it's testament to a very hardworking team and a lot of people saying yes at crazy short notice. So we're really grateful that we're going to be hearing from some brilliant individuals. Um, we're going to be hearing from uh, Reverend Chris Russell, uh, Laura Hancock, Tim Alford, um, uh, Tom Clark, Dr. Kate Middleton, uh, a host of others. And of course, uh, Rachel and myself will be in the um, the hot seats uh, hosting the whole thing. Uh, obviously, that's a terrible idea. I don't know who's signed that off. But we have built like a, um, I'll give you a little insight to this. We've built like a, a TV studio kind of setup. So uh, I wouldn't quite say The Late Show or, or Graham Norton, but we're, it's sort of hints of that. We put that together, or I say we put that together. Some talented folk have put that together in the conference room of Butte Mills, uh, the headquarters of Youthscape in Luton. And so we are going to be broadcasting live from there. Uh, that starts at eight o'clock on Thursday, the 16th. Uh, we've got um, a session then, uh, another session first thing on the, the morning of the Friday, the 17th at 9.30. And then a final session at eight o'clock on Friday evening, we'll be bringing it all together. Those are the three main um, 
kind of live sessions that we're doing, but there's also going to be seminars during the day on the Friday all through the afternoon. We've made them run consecutively rather than concurrently. So if you want to, you can go to all five. Um, they're going to be on a whole range of subjects, um, including how we respond uh, to the Black Lives Matter movement and also uh, how we do socially distanced youth work and how we respond to mental health concerns in our young people and in ourselves. A whole variety of great speakers lined up to do those seminars for us. Um, and one other thing to mention is that we're going to be offering coaching opportunities. So if you want to meet one-to-one or with a team, with a mentor, um, you can do that with, sorry, with a coach. You can do that, again, free of charge. Um, the amazing team of volunteers that offer that service at the National Youth Ministry Weekend are going to be repeating it for us at uh, Now What? Uh, and you'll be able to do that again, as you love to, through the joys of Zoom. Um, so that's all that you've, you've got to look forward to next week. Um, and today, we've got a really great interview for you um, with somebody who really understands uh, adolescent mental health. He's uh, been a youth worker for many years, but has also had a real specialism and interest in the area of adolescent mental health and well-being. And he brings a wealth of experience to this conversation. And I feel like as a sort of entry-level conversation on um, looking after uh, young people uh, postorally in terms of their mental health and well-being in this particular time, this is just a really great place to start it's a great place to send people and um you know forget my wittering up to this point do uh, do send this round if you've got a volunteer team or you know others who might benefit from this i think this is gold actually um so i'm gonna shut up uh, except i'm not because in a minute i'm going to be interviewing uh, our guest uh, but that's it from me so once we once we end the interview we're going to go um we're going to finish and we'll be back next week of course with rachel um but that's it from me and uh, and so this is my interview with ralph buckingham My guest today on the Youthscape podcast is Ralph Buckingham. Hey, Ralph. Hi, how you doing, Martin? I'm great, thank you. Exciting to meet you. Ralph is uh, a youth pastor. So uh, he's been involved in youth ministry and education and working with young people for uh, quite a long time, um, but uh, also has a specific interest in uh, sort of the intersection between young people's mental health and pastoral care. And so that's, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, if that's all right, Ralph. Yeah, great. Looking forward to it. I, I was very intrigued just as we started talking to hear your your potted history. So I'm going to make you do it again. Uh, this time we're, we're going to record it. So just tell me kind of the, the journey of your like last, last, I don't know, a few years, well, more than a few years. Yeah, so I started life as an academic in medical research and um, uh, decided to move out of the laboratory uh, and into teaching. So I taught for a number of years and I taught in outdoor education as well for a number of years, uh, special education needs, and then spent about five years teaching at an international Christian school in India. Um, I returned to the UK about 10 years ago. And since then, I've been a youth pastor in a local church and, uh, and doing some, yeah, a wide range of youth work really since then. Fantastic. And so you've got this, as you said, this interest uh, and specialism in uh, mental health, young people. We're going to get onto a, um, uh, a resource you've actually created uh, later on. Mm. Um, but, but can we just sort of, because 
I feel like it's a real gift to have you uh, on the podcast at the moment because all of us in youth ministry are are looking at the current situation and wondering what the implications are going to be for our young people, their mental health, their emotional well-being in the short term and in the longer term. So I just wonder if we could maybe talk about that um, today. And so, um, so I guess the big, the big area we're going to open up is, is this issue of anxiety mm. uh, among young people. And I just wonder if you could sort of unpack, because we use that, we throw that word around a lot. So what, what, is, what do we actually mean when we talk about anxiety in young people? I think anxiety for me is, is, is really closely linked to uncertainty. And it's a sense of discomfort, heightened discomfort, um, when people don't really know uh, where they stand, what's happening, what's around the corner. Um, and of course, for us at the moment in this pandemic, this coronavirus pandemic, we've all experienced a, a great deal. Of, of anxiety. Mm. I mean, as adults, many of us have the lived experience to kind of understand that this will come to an end, that, 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 that it will finish at some point. But for many of our the children and young people that we work with, they just don't have that lived experience. And, and this is this three months is a huge chunk of their lives mm. um, that has been just really weird. And, and they're struggling sometimes to to get a sense that this will come to an end and even what will it look like um, when it comes to an end. And, it, and it's been very sudden. I think that's one of the, the things about it. I mean, we've this podcast has sort of charted the last sort of 16 weeks mm. of, of lockdown and so on. And, and the first couple of weeks as we were sort of getting going, we were... I remember saying, oh, we might we might end up locking down for a little while. We might end up not being able to do certain things. And, and none of us had an idea of the scale that was going to hit us or the speed. And that's, that's massive, isn't it, for young people? It's a massive sense of culture shock. I, I think it is a huge um, cultural shock that we have, um, we've all experienced, and, and young people especially. And I think the, the speed of the change, as you say, has been, uh, has been quite shocking for us. Uh, and it's really undermined for many people where they see uh, stability, and balance and and so whether it's school or whether it's um meeting with church ability to meet with friends many of the things that that we have built our lives upon uh and assume assumed to be stable foundations have just been ripped away mm. from us and it and it's left people feeling really uncomfortable and and even it's left many people feeling that the world is no longer safe and familiar mm. In fact, the world for many is dangerous and alien. Mm. And what does that do to a young person, like to to be trying to process their um, uh, their teenage years, adolescence, already the most complicated kind of uh, period probably that you can go through in your, your entire life in terms of all that processing that needs to go on. Um, what does that? What does all that do? Well, I think for many of us will be familiar with the concept of fight, flight, and freeze—the way that our body responds. And our minds respond when we face danger. And, and I think that's exactly what's happening for, for many people um, at the moment. We sense danger, whether it's a, a visible risk, like a, an aggressive dog that's barking that we think is mm. going to maybe attack us, or whether it's an invisible risk like the coronavirus mm. um, that may infect us or our family and make us sick. But when we, when we sense that danger, 
our what's called our sympathetic nervous system kicks in and it releases all these stress hormones mm. uh, and they're good the hormones are good for us because they prepare our body for this to fight to take flight to run away or to freeze uh, to to face that danger um, and normally what happens of course is that the that the aggressive dog turns out to be not that dangerous or aggressive anyway and so the danger's gone and we we relax our parasympathetic nervous system kicks in and it cleans up all of those stress hormones that were very suddenly released but of course the problem we face at the moment is that we we've got this constant bombardment of new um, dangers, new threats, whether it's, you know, something that we read in the news, um, the numbers about people who are getting sick or the numbers of people who are dying, uh, the delays in reopening schools, all of these things we perceive as a danger to us and it reignites those stress hormones and we never, our bodies never have that time to properly and completely relax. And that's detrimental to our mental well-being mm. as well as our physical well-being. Now, this is definitely the most sciencey we've ever gone on the Escape podcast. <laughs> I just say, uh, this has blown my mind. I feel like I'm back at school. Um, but um, uh, so I guess there's a, then a, a, another question about on a wider scale, what is the impact that, that we're actually seeing and going to see on young people's mental health? So we throw around lots of probably part or uninformed uh, statements about young people's mental health time bomb in this time. What's the reality? What, what are we, you know, what are we already seeing? And, and do you think we're going to see more after that? I think we, we already know that um, mental health for young people is in a bit of a crisis. We, we wouldn't disagree with that. Um, but there was just last month, some research released um, that said that that 32% of children who previously identified as having some mental health concerns report that their mental health now, since lockdown, is much worse than it was before. So wow. a third say that it's much worse. And a further 50% say that it's a bit worse. So we're talking about four out of five young people. These are people who had previously um, spoken about mental health problems that they had but four out of five of those kids say that their mental health has taken a nosedive since lockdown began and um, we know that people are worried about family members their health um, worried about school closures worried about exams lack of routine mm. um, the the loss of of connection physical connection being able to meet with people high five someone give other people a hug you know those things mm. Um, the uncertainty in the future all having a, um, a compounding effect on people's mm. uh, mental well-being. Wow. So, I mean, we have diagnosed the, the issue there and it's and that is it's good to put some statistics behind what we all kind of felt might be going on. Um, but I guess thoughts have to turn to what our response can be. So as as youth workers, youth pastors, youth leaders, uh, and, and the other people who listen to this podcast who will do so because they have a, a direct interaction with young people, we are, we're kind of the first responders to some of this stuff. Mm. Um, we are, in some cases, the only person who is going to be investing uh, outside of the family unit in a young person's life at the moment. Um, and and really thinking about issues of pastoral care and emotional well-being, mental health. 
So what is it that we can be doing very, um, you know, let's have some really practical thoughts about about what we can do to help. I think the obvious thing is as much as possible staying in contact and connecting with young people. And, and I think many of us have had to revisit our safeguarding policies mm. <laughs> as lockdowns happened, as we've, we've had to rethink, think outside the box, really, about how do we connect with people safely um, uh, via Sort of whether it's social media or Zoom or whatever, really. But just a few tips that I've sort of like picked up along the way over the last few months is, funnily enough, um, active use of social media seems to be having a positive impact on young people, mm. whereas passive use of social media seems to just feed their anxieties. So if I just explain that a little yeah. bit. Um, in that, when people use social media to connect with others, to have two-way conversations um, with other people, th th that can uh, seems to be beneficial for them in terms of their mental well-being, their yeah. ability to feel connected and not quite so isolated. Yeah. On the other hand, if you just sit there scrolling through social media, reading all the posts and the news, but not actively interacting with it, that just seems to feed what our brains are already thinking, which is the world is a really dangerous place. Um, right. A lot of sort of negative news stories um, that come through on those. So, um, you know, one thing maybe we, we, we could do is to encourage young people in their use of social media when they do so in an active way. Mm. Um, but maybe just uh, get them to question when they're just literally scrolling through and looking and mm. consuming what's there mm. um, and maybe they could unfollow certain hashtags or mute certain channels um, or you know if there are uh, particular streams that they know are feeding their anxiety just to give them the the tools to unplug from that you know and just say I don't need to be looking at that feed because that doesn't make me feel good and of course you're saying uh young people should do this but you're also talking to all of us as well aren't you really <laughs> I, I think so <laughs> turns out we're not that different after all and, and i think a similar thing is is again this applies to all of us but to limit our intake of, of news and uh, i've read you know some people that suggested you only allow yourself to watch the news once a day uh, and then the other thing i suppose is to just be a little bit uh, careful about where we get our news from. You know, if it comes from a reputable source, for example, the BBC, that's great. But if we're taking our news from um, uh, streams that are not in any way filtered or challenged, you know, we know so much, don't we, about fake news? And uh, uh, so, so yeah, just to be careful about what we feed ourselves with in terms of uh, news stories that are going on. And then what about helping uh, young people sort of figure out uh, and process their actual feelings of anxiety? So what about helping them to, to actually face up to and understand that a bit better? Yeah, I think when, when young people come to us with, with their concerns, it's really important that we, we listen uh, to their concerns. Uh, we acknowledge uh, the reality of those concerns you know so it sometimes it can be tempting as adults with especially smaller children you know to dismiss things you know say oh no don't worry about that dear it'll be fine you know, mm. just don't worry a little head about that and and, and actually it's, it's really important that we acknowledge um 
the situation that, that we, we're living in with young people in ways that uh, is appropriate to their um, to their understanding experience. Ensure that they have the, the tools to take care of themselves, you know, the the government guidelines around wearing masks and washing your hands and all of these mm. social distancing, all of these kind of things, and just help them to recognise that that we can stay safe when we um, we follow certain things, yeah. certain practices. Um, and then in terms of um, giving them space to unpack their emotional and their mental response to this, again, I think it is about, about listening. We could talk in a minute maybe about some tools that we uh, could give them mm. um, to, to help them process some of the mental... Uh, mental health challenges that they may well find themselves facing people who had not previously experienced much in the way of mental health concerns but find themselves doing so now because of lockdown mm. um, and then the last thing I would just you know throw in as an idea and, and it's not rocket science is it but it, it's about distraction um, it's about helping our kids find things to do to divert their focus away from uh, a great deal of negative that we could be focusing on at the moment so whether that's providing craft activities or physical activities where that's possible um, helping other people um, connecting with with people online just providing opportunities to for them to just step out of the um, the news as it were the busyness yeah. the situation and just to give their you know their bodies chance for that parasympathetic nervous system to kick in and to mop up those stress hormones mm. give their body chance to relax a little bit and mm. their mind will relax in you know at the same time that's great great thoughts thank you so um so we've t we teased this at the start but we haven't um we haven't actually talked about it you are you know you're very good because most most people you know, who've written something brilliant will be mentioning it all the time through an interview like this, but you haven't mentioned it at all. So this is your moment, Ralph, to talk about the resource that you have uh, developed specifically for uh, the people who are listening to this podcast. So, so what is, let's, let's just start there. What is the Remind course and how can people access and use it? Yeah, so working as a youth worker a few years ago, I was really impacted by the number of young people that were struggling with mental health and particularly struggling to get access to help um, because uh, often it was fairly low levels of mental health and they didn't meet any thresholds to get um, statutory support and so I began looking into um, and working in partnership with the local child and adolescent mental health services to put together a um, a program that could be delivered by youth workers, pastors, um, teachers, non-mental health specialists, basically, um, that uh, will help people, give them a, a range of tools that can help them combat anxiety. Um, and the more I found out about uh, cognitive behavioural therapy, CBT, the more I was impressed at tools that it offered. Um, and so what I've effectively done with Remind is taken some tried and tested cognitive behavioural tools and repackaged them uh, for for young people and for delivery by, by youth workers, people um, like me who are not mental health professionals but know young people really well um, and in a way fill in the gap that um, 
that the young people just just can't get access to. Mm. So Remind is a um, is a course. It's all fully resourced with um, a leader's manual and online activities and uh, resources that can be used. And it can be delivered um, either over maybe five mornings or possibly over 10 evening sessions or afternoon sessions it can be delivered in schools uh, where I've worked a lot with kids in schools with it um, or in church youth groups and I know there's a number of churches up and down the country that use it uh, there's even one group at the moment that are running it uh, via zoom mm. and uh, that's the first that I've heard that being done via zoom so that I'm really excited that it's being able to be used during lockdown um, and I'm really um, excited at the way that it's it's worked. It, it impacts young people, and it helps um, it helps them to reduce the levels of anxiety that they're experiencing, and gives them tools that they can take away afterwards mm. to um, to help themselves. Basically, it's a really high quality resource, and I'm uh, as I confess to you, my copy of it, which you kindly sent to me, is now locked away in my church office with all. <laughs> all my other youth ministry resources from when I, I did things there. Um, but, uh, but it's brilliant. And I think probably as with anything someone's hearing about for the first time, uh, it will be good to know where people can see a bit more and learn a bit more about the course. So uh, where do you want to point people to? Well, probably the best starting point is to go to the website, which is www.remind-course.uk. So www.remind-course.uk and you'll find information there about the course, um, about the activities that are involved. And if, if, if you wanted to, um, to train to, to deliver that and get hold of the resources, there's information there about how we can, um, how we can connect and, and get you running that in your own church youth group. Fantastic. Ralph, thank you so much for giving up your time uh, to talk to me today. I, th I feel like this has been absolute gold, especially the science bit in the middle. That was just, that's blown my mind. I feel like this is the sort of thing as well. Uh, and this is not just an attempt to get more people to listen to the podcast, but I, I feel like if you've listened to that, it's the sort of interview that might be really helpful to share with your volunteers as well, just to give an insight into where um, young people's mental health might be. Um, right now. We, we said at the start, um, Ralph, that, that, that this is a massive concern for us at the moment, isn't it? The, mm -hmm. what, are the, what is the pastoral implication, the mental health implication of going through this um, you know, pandemic? None of us have ever, never gone through anything like this before. Um, this is the greatest disruption to, to life in this country and around the world since World War II. Um, so we just don't know, do we, what the, the impact is going to be. But what you've done here is given us some really helpful pointers um, to where we might um, start to really get alongside and help young people practically. So thank you. Um, just give us the web address one more time. www.remind-course.uk That's brilliant. Ralph, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Martin. Thank you.